1: What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden, New York City. And a big shout-out to everybody in Philly, the city of brotherly love. Uh, This coming Sunday is the Puerto Rican Parade in Philly, so un gran saludo para ustedes. A big shout-out to everybody that's participating in the Puerto Rican Parade on Sunday. And Sunday evening from 8 to 10 live on WPHT 1210, I will be um, giving some commentary between 8 and 10 p.m. live, taking your calls and all of that. So I'm looking forward to speaking with you. We're going to be talking about everything that happened from the parade to what's going on locally in Philly. But more than anything, I want to speak with you guys, the listeners. So that's on Sunday, the 25th, uh, which is a Right now, this weekend, uh, just at 8 o'clock at night from 8 to 10, we're going to do it live. So looking forward to that. Now, there's a bunch of things I want to talk about. Of course, you've heard by now about... The silly lawsuit against uh, Donald Trump and what's going on, to me, this seems like by hook or by crook, right? They're trying to go after him. This is the New York Attorney General Letitia James. She says, well, you know, we're going to come after you. And this seems to me like another way to try to dupe him and trick him into another deposition that they can try to use to their advantage, not to mention throwing a uh, smokescreen with the uh, DOJ uh, referrals. But we'll get to that in a moment. I also want to thank everybody who was um, praying for Puerto Rico during the hurricane last week. Uh, My uncle who lives in Calle in the mountains of Calle, not far from Caguas, where my family, my father's family comes from. Um, They're doing great. They have a nice uh, concrete home that they live in that's backed up by a generator and things went great for them. After a couple of days without power, they were able to reach me and uh, we spoke and everything is doing great. So thank you. I appreciate uh, those prayers. Uh, Joe Biden was on 60 Minutes. We're going to get to that audio. I want you to hear that as well. And then in the upcoming segment, we're going to talk about how they're after your kids. This is some crazy stuff. We're going to spend as much time as we can on that. It's a long audio clip that I want you to hear that to me is breathtaking. And um, even those on the left, some Democrats, prominent prominent Democrats, are saying, you know what, Biden's screwing things up here, <laughs> especially with immigration. I think Democrats are just going to stay home because a lot of people just feel like this guy's let us down. We are embarrassed. And uh, a little update on a few other crazy headlines, including uh An update from Kanye West's school. He's opened up a school, the Donda Academy. I want to talk about that because there's a few things that I like about that story. And uh, I could share from uh, my own experience doing something similar. So let's um, buckle up and take off, right? I want to jump into this Trump stuff. You heard, uh, if you didn't, you're going to hear it now. Attorney General Letitia James, she went after Trump. And I have some audio. Listen to this.
2: New York Attorney General Letitia James speaking live, announcing they are suing Trump. Let's listen in. Trump
3: Organization controller Jeffrey Makani. Mr. Trump and the Trump Organization repeatedly and persistently manipulated the value of assets to induce banks to lend money to the Trump Organization on more favorable terms than would otherwise have been available to the company.
1: All right, so hold on a second. So let's say I did mortgages for one year out of my entire life, my career. Uh, and I, I remember there was a big deal about banks, you know, saying, no, we don't want very aggressive appraisers because if you overvalue a property and you say, you know, let's say it's worth 200000 and you say it's worth four fifty, so that you can get a higher loan amount, because let's say you're doing a 80% loan to value on the overall price of the home, the borrower wants the maximum amount of cash. And if this bank should have to foreclose then they would lose out because they can't sell this property for $450,000 because it's not worth it, right? So I understand the, the peril of something like this, um, Attorney General James. However, these loans, many of which are have been paid back. So if the loan's been paid back, and again, this is just assuming what she's saying uh, is, is true, which I, I don't believe that it is. I think she's mistaken. Then it seems to me that there is no harm done because there was no aggrieved party. Now, she, of course, could make the case that, no, the aggrieved party is the state because the government feels defrauded. And they they can make that claim, and she's making it. But she's not making it criminally, because if she had proof that there were any fraud, she'd be arresting him. There'd be an indictment, not a lawsuit. So this, to me, seems like another political-slash-legal strategy to try and get Donald Trump into a deposition to get him on video, to get him to say things to yet another opportunity to try and make it look like we've dragged them in again. He's back in the interrogation room. This guy has committed so many crimes, so many committed crimes. And this is what they do. And this is part of their strategy to overall just uh, taint the well, right, to, to poison the well with this uh, negative information. And then, of course, they continue the smear. Anyway, let's let her continue to pay lower taxes
3: to satisfy continuing loan agreements, and to induce insurance companies to provide insurance coverage for higher limits and at lower premiums. This conduct was all in violation of executive law, Section 6312.
1: Now, why aren't you indicting him for this instead of suing him for $250 million, Attorney General James? Can you answer that? Hmm. Doesn't seem that way which gives the attorney
3: general broad and special powers to go after persistent and repeated fraud and illegality.
1: Now, listen here, Wonder Woman. It seems like you think you have all these broad powers, but yet if you had a case and you've been at this since before you were elected, part of her campaign was saying, you know, I am going to go after Trump. He's going to know my name personally. So she just keeps throwing mud and throwing mud. You know, I get my coffee every morning at a Cuban place not too far from where I live. And uh, the guy, he he hates Trump. This guy's Cuban. He's um, somewhat um, uh, moderate in his views. But when he likes DeSantis, doesn't like Trump, you know, one of those. And and he identifies as a Democrat. But he tells me, I got to tell you, in the way I'm seeing things unfold, it seems to me that these people are really out to get Trump. And he's like, and I'm no fan of Trump, but it just seems like this is a, you know, a, a nonstop persecution of Donald Trump. And he said, one thing I've learned from this experience is you don't want to tick these people off because once these people get mad at you, they're unrelenting. So he kind of justifies it with saying, and it is, after all, it's Trump. Trump definitely hit the nerve. Whatever it was he did, he's so abrasive in his personality that he did it. I say, listen, the minute we allow it and accept it and stomach it for Trump, we'll allow it, accept it and stomach it for just about anybody that gets mistreated this way. But let's continue this clip.
3: As part of demonstrating illegality under that section of law 6312, we show that they violated several state criminal laws.
1: And why aren't he, he or his associates or the people that you're, you know, alleging violated these criminal laws? Why aren't they in jail?
3: Including falsifying business records.
1: Again, where's the handcuffs, ma'am?
3: Issuing false financial statements insurance fraud, and engaging in a conspiracy to commit each of these state law violations.
1: (laughs) It almost sounds like she rehearsed this and she did a bad job. And each of these violations as if she was some sort of like a nemesis cartoon character. And she is cartoonish. I say clownish. But uh, let's wrap this up. We believe the conduct
3: alleged in this action also violates federal criminal law, including issuing false
1: statements to financial institutions. And I want to know what is the penalty for issuing false statements to your constituents when you're the attorney general of New York state and you allege things that clearly are very questionable and would probably be resolved better in in a different manner, in a different way than than having this press conference and making it look like today we've indicted X, Y, and Z on the charges of one, two, three, and four. So-and-so will have their day in court, uh, but the government found that this was an egregious violation of X, Y, and Z law. And, you know, and in and and perp-walking somebody, and actually, they don't do it because they can't do it. It's It's an impossibility for them right now, so they're just trying their best to fool people that don't like to think, that really don't care about this stuff, but, you know, see it in passing, or those that are their base. To get them all riled up. And listen, I get it. Getting people riled up is part of the, um, the process of, of, of political activism. But it can't be everything. You can't live by demagoguery. You have to have some ideology to hang your hat on. You have to say, look, I understand the importance of governing. I understand the importance of getting things done and getting by politically. But at the end of the day. We we have to move forward. We have to work together. We have to have something. You can't. It just can't all be fun and games politically. You, you have to govern, and it seems like there's very little governing going on and a whole lot of politics. And that's exactly what happened with um, Scott Pelley when he interviewed Joe Biden on sixty Minutes. Now this one was classic, right? He's never been friendly towards Trump in you know the interviews that we've seen in the past, yet. He really holds Biden to it here because, again, like I told you before, the Democrats are just beside themselves with Joe Biden saying, you know, things like, at least I would imagine they say things like, oh, I can't believe this guy. This guy's a poor excuse. I can't believe we didn't go with Bernie. We should have went with Bernie. You know, I think that's what all the progressives are saying, at least a friend of mine who was, um, you know, fist in the air, black clad BLM type of person. Uh, she tells me, yeah, you know, um, I'm embarrassed that Joe Biden is the guy that we have there. So I clearly understand that there is disdain amongst those that are left-leaning, and I get it. The question is, who's defending Joe, right? Is it Jill? Is it um, Mitch McConnell? I mean, I want to know. Who it is? Let me know who you think is defending Joe Biden, giving him his political power. Because it seems to me that he's losing it from from so many different places. Whether it's Hispanic vote, the minority vote, I don't see any big Hispanic groups or Black groups coming to the rescue, saying, "Joe, you did it," because he's not doing it. It's just not working out. He's not firing on every cylinder, and he's failing more than 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 any other president that I could remember in my. Uh, in my lifetime but i want you to listen to this interview on 60 minutes
0: annual inflation rate came in at 8.3 percent the stock market nosedived people are shocked by their grocery bills what can you do better and faster well first of all let's put this in perspective
1: inflation rate month to month was just uh, 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 just an inch hardly at all hold on a second just an inch just an inch so just imagine that, right? You know, your boss tells you, hey, listen, we're, we're, um, we're cutting your salary. No, 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 don't worry, we're cutting it just by an inch. We're just cutting it by an inch. I mean, th- this is so laughable and ridiculous that he tries to defend it. And and good on this guy from 60 minutes, Scott Pelly, to actually call him out and hold it to him saying like you're not really suggesting that this is okay. Listen to this. You're not arguing that 8.3 is good news. No, I'm
0: not saying it's good news, but it was 8.2 or 8.2 before. I mean, it's not you maybe I, I can make it sound like all of a sudden, my god, it went to 8.2%.
1: <laughs> it actually did, Joe El Baboso Biden. Now, listen, Mr. President Joe El Baboso Biden. 1.4% is where inflation was when you took office. 8.3% or 94 a month ago. This is all on you, sir. You can't blame this on anybody but you. You can't blame this on, not even on the Fed people, because they were against you half the time anyway. And that's why they've raised rates three times, and they're going to have to raise them a whole lot more to try and catch up. This is very bad news. This whole soft landing caca that they try to pedal toward us is uh, it's fake, it's phony, and it's fraud, in the words of the legendary Bob Grant. Anyway, let's finish this clip.
0: It's, been, it's the highest inflation rate, Mr. President, in 40 years. I got
1: that. But guess what we are. <laughs> we are we're, we're stupid. I, I get that. It's high, but I just keep saying things and whispering. I squint my eyes. I say something about my son, Bo. And I just squint my eyes, and then I'll yell something incoherent about "What about the single mom? What about?" It's not like it's just been like that, and just say incoherent things and non sequiturs. And guess what? Maybe somebody will buy your BS. I don't think so. Play the tape. We're in a position where, for the last several months, it hasn't spiked. It has just barely. It's been basically even.
0: You will inflate.
1: It's been uh here. Uh, it's been basically even. Imagine that. So it's like, you know, you're, you're like, hey, let me get on a diet uh, because, you know, I'm too fat. I weigh 270 pounds. I need to drop it down to 190. All right, go for it. Super. All right, get on the scale month after month after month. And it goes up and it goes up and it goes up and it goes up. And you're, know, like, Hey, how's your weight loss going? Well, you know what? Uh, even though it went up for the last 10 months, uh, it actually in the last three months, it's been remarkably consistent. Only about an ounce, you know, up or down an ounce. So you've gained weight. Yeah, but listen, it's not like I just gained this weight. Oh, I gradually gained that weight. Did, did you lose weight? Did you get to the 190? Because you were supposed to lose weight. Or at least stay at the weight you were and try to get towards a lower weight. Yeah. Listen, no, 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 no. You don't, you don't understand. Let me squint my eyes again. Flash my pearly whites. Absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, Listen. There is a lot more to come straight ahead, so don't go anywhere. I am Rich Valdez. You're listening to Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. This is America. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students
0: save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register.
3: This is America.
0: He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking
1: it down.
2: Oh, he's so handsome. What's his name?
1: Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Again, big shout-out to everybody that's celebrating at the Puerto Rican Parade on 16th and Ben Franklin Turnpike. Shout-out to Philly 1210 WPHT. Now, welcome back. It's Rich Valdez, at Rich Valdez with an S on all the social media. If you're chiming in that way, let me know your thoughts on the show so far and your opinions on these topics, at Rich Valdez. And that's Valdez with an S at the end. I'd love to hear your thoughts and uh, make sure you... Sign up on what, whichever platform of social media that you like and use. I um, want to interact with you and uh, hear from you. Now, listen, uh, last week I, I told you they're after your kids. Now, the stuff I've got today, this stuff is wow. It really is. I mean, one of the quotes from this audio that you're about to hear, she says, it was the ultimate high. This is a teenager discussing how her family was duped into transition by doctors through the threat of suicide and the allure of acceptance and adulation and celebrity, the celebrity that comes with trans people. This is what they get is celebrity status. Now, when I was a kid, kids used to dream about becoming movie stars or pop singers. Now they dream about becoming transsexuals because they're celebrated the same way as celebrities. This is remarkable. Wow. Wow. Now, I want you to hear Chloe's story. It's a few minutes long, but it's very impactful. Listen to this.
4: Over the past decade, there has been as high as a 4,000% increase in children being referred to so-called gender clinics across the United States. I was one of these children. My name is Chloe Cole, and I'm an 18-year-old former transgender child. I transitioned from the age of 12 up until 16 when I realized it all was a lie. My story is cautionary tale. Children and parents across the country have been caught off guard by gender ideology. Discussions about gender, transgenderism and gender identity went from being a relatively benign social oddity to a doctrine that has invaded nearly every academic, medical, and educational institution, seemingly overnight. How did we get to this point? How did we get to the point where nearly every pediatric institution in the country considers it best practice? To remove the healthy breast tissue of children while administering drugs typically used to chemically castrate high risk sex offenders.
1: Great question, Chloe. How did we get from using the chemical castration that we use on pedophiles to treating our children with this stuff? Absolutely crazy. Now, listen, I saw an interview some years ago, and I've shared this a bunch of times, and it was of a doctor. And this doctor, uh, you know, uh, presented as a female, uh, but came clean and said that she'd become the president of the American uh, Medical Association or something like that um, to make a change, not the AMA, the APA, the American Psychological Association, so that they could change the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, the DSM, back then it was the DSM-3 or the DSM-4, I think it's up to 5 or 6 now. And the change that they wanted to make was to label gender dysphoria as something as more normal and not something that was uh, considered mental illness. And they wanted to make this mainstream. Now, I I truly believe, and this is me putting on my tinfoil hat, that there is some Dr. Evil, some Bill Gates type of character somewhere that said, you know what? Imagine if we gave people the option. Imagine if we gave people the option to choose their sex. What would they choose? If we said, no, you don't have to be stuck with what you are. If you're a boy, you're a boy, you're a girl, you're a girl. No, you could become the other thing. And you could do it, you know, at the beginning they said, oh, you could do it in your 30s, you could do it in your 20s, you could do it in your teens. Now you could do it at nine years old, if you like, eight years old, six years old. Now they want to teach kindergartners about this stuff because they want to make gender an optional thing. Meanwhile, you've got these, uh, not archaeologists, but anthropologists that say you could dig up 100-year-old bones, test their DNA in the bones, and you can tell if they were a man or woman. No, Rich, you're wrong. You can see if they were male or female or assigned male or female at birth. Vete pa miércoles is what I can say. Go to the Wednesday. Direct translation. You figure it out. No, absolutely not. That's not how it works. You just can't pick and choose these things the way people are doing it. And this girl is an excellent example of how things have been abused and how when people want to make a change, they make a change. And I'm not referring to her. I'm talking about the people that decided to change the rules in the medical community and those that are cowardly in the medical community that are allowing themselves to be used like puppets by those with this agenda. Because I can guarantee you by every breath in my body that this is not the majority of people. The majority of people don't believe that kids should choose their gender. The majority of people believe that boys are boys and girls are girls. Men are men and women are women. That's just the bottom line, but this is a a little bit long clip of audio and I don't want to talk a lot. I want you to hear what she has to say.
4: Raising these important questions is not bigoted and the refusal of activists to give straightforward answers should be seen as a major red flag. People across the entire political spectrum who believe that this practice is morally wrong have been told that they are fascists or bigots for even questioning this atrocity. Others have been convinced by self-proclaimed gender specialists that this is the only treatment that will not end in your child committing suicide.
1: That is the blackmail that they use on the parents. They say, listen, you love your kid? Well, then guess what? You better do this. You better cut your kid's breasts off or uh, have them mutilate their genitals in one way or another or have them start shooting estrogen or start shooting the other thing. Because if you don't, this kid's going to kill himself. Meanwhile... Even when they transition, they end up killing themselves anyway. And I think the number might be higher, but you can fact check me on that. And if I'm wrong, kudos to you for proving me wrong. The point is, these trans kids are killing themselves. And what this girl is courageously saying at a press conference with uh, U.S. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene is critically important, and kudos to her for putting this on. Let's continue.
4: I believe Americans deserve to know the truth about this radical and perverse ideology marketed as necessary and life-saving health care. I was only 12 years old when I told my parents that I was a boy. Like many parents in that situation, they didn't have a clue what to do. They were scared and desperate for answers. They wanted what every parent wants for their child, for me to be okay and thrive. At 13 years old, on the advice of so-called medical professionals, I was put on puberty blocking medication, and only a month later, I was given my first testosterone injection. A gender clinic presented my parents with the classic false dichotomy regarding children with a gender dysphoria. Would you rather have a dead daughter or a, a living son? Given these options, what loving parent wouldn't choose to transition their child? Scared for my life, my parents were prepared to sign anything the doctors asked. This was not, conf- that, this was not informed consent. It was a decision forced under extreme duress. At 15, I went under the knife for a radical double mastectomy. The kind that breast cancer patients
1: get. Ay, bendito. This is heartbreaking. It really is heartbreaking to listen to this. Thinking that this girl's probably the same age as my oldest daughter. She looks like maybe she's 21 now or 19 or something like that. And I've gotta tell you, it's this is horrible. And I, I never would've taken the bait with this. I never would've taken it. But again, I was warned about this stuff a million years ago when I was 19, 20, 21, and very active in my church. And I used to listen on my free time. Yes, I'm a little geeky that way. I loved radio. I loved it back then, too. I used to listen to a radio show called Focus on the Family. And Dr. James Dobson, child psychologist from UCLA, had a radio show, and he talked about this stuff. And he said 20 years from now, they're going to have kids pick their own genders. 20 years from now, people are going to be marrying horses or marrying their dog and and leaving their fortune to animals because bestiality is going to become commonplace and transsexuality is going to become commonplace. And many people wrote him off as, oh, he's just a religious bigot. He's a nut job. And here he is. Half of it's already true. Unbelievable. Play the tape.
4: This was after I was sexually assaulted at school by a male student. I I just told myself to man up, but I lived my life in constant hatred of my breasts. I started binding, which deformed my breasts as well as my rib cage. I was afraid and I couldn't wait to finally protect my body from the threat of further molestation. At 16, I finally realized what happened to me and that I had made a huge mistake. I realized the beauty of motherhood was stolen from me by medical professionals who my family entrusted me to. I realized after maturing a bit more that a child does not in fact know who they are at 12 years old. I realized that I wanted to be what I always was and forever will be. A woman.
1: Amen. Hallelujah. Now this, I tell you this, and there's a few minutes left of this. And if you're bored, forgive me. I think it's fascinating. I think that this is so important. I think this is what we need to play on loop so that people can hear someone that actually went through it. Not me pontificating and opining on this from my, you know, perch uh, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden or whatnot, but from somebody who's in the trenches who went through this in her own life. And again, I'm seeing a video of this. Uh, You could see her facial expressions. You could see how this is truly moving to her. And I have to say so much courage uh, and bravery that it takes for her to not to do the transitioning, but to to say that she got it wrong, to admit that that was a lie and to stand up to all the people that ridiculed her. And she's going to talk about how her friends treated her in a moment. And to me, that's the toughest part that where I think this is why we have to be forgiving in life. This is why people that make mistakes, we have to embrace them so that they have the strength and the courage to do stuff like this and tell people the truth. Play the tape.
4: With this realization came a series of challenges that were far worse than the transition. Somehow, I had to get myself off these drugs and tell everyone in my entire life that I was not who I said I was. My parents were shocked and felt like they failed me on every level imaginable. My friends all turned against me because I was evidence that their beliefs were a lie. I was a joke. I was a fraud. I was many years behind in development, incapable of feeding feeding my future children, and worst of all, completely alone. Even the medical professionals who got me into this mess now have no idea what to do with me, and they refuse to help me. It almost killed me, as it has killed many who regret transition.
1: This is... The clarion call, I believe, the cultural clarion call of our time. This and the way kids are being robbed of education overall. It's critically important that we pay attention to what's going on. To me, it's critically important that we know how to deal with this, that we talk to our children, that we talk to other people, that we inform those that we elect to do. The job that we hire them to do in the state house, to in Congress, wherever we elect them, city hall, it doesn't make a difference. When you have a group of people that believe, as this young girl did, who was duped into believing that if she felt like she was odd or different, that she could be accepted in such a way. it's It's like a gang. They're creating a gang, and this mob rule mentality is destroying kids. There's only about a minute left. Play the tape.
4: The big question still remains. I was a 12-year-old, introduced to the idea that they could do something as ridiculous as change their sex. I was and still am the type of kid that never really fit into social norms. I was a tomboy. I was shy. I didn't socialize easily. At 11, I made my first Instagram account. I had unmonitored internet access. It wasn't long until I was exposed to a ton of LGBTQ content online, and I, I had never seen anything like it. You mean that all I have to do is subscribe to this ideology and then I'm an accepted, celebrated, and valued member of the most talked about community on earth? Transgender people are the most celebrated subset of this community. I saw the unbelievable amounts of praise and and attention they got online and subconsciously, I yearned to have a piece of it. With every milestone in my medical transition, I was given more and more attention and celebration. It was the ultimate high. Even in person, I got more attention. Girls would have crushes on me, and I would have people come up to me in the hallways asking to make friends, and it was, it was unprecedented to me, for me. I felt like a celebrity. Being a kid, I, I didn't know just how superficial these relationships were until so they all suddenly abandoned me just for struggling to become who I am. Much of this gender confusion is based on old regressive stereotypes of men and women, which are now being reinforced with Hormones and surgeries. Women can have short hair and be interested in playing sports and partaking in physical activities. Men can grow their hair out and wear makeup. It does not change their, ide- their it does not change their biology. The truth is, this practice is harming more and more children every day. What will we do to protect this most vulnerable group? Up until now, the media has been parroting the same ideologically driven driven talking points. Affirm, affirm. Affirm. firm. The closest I've touched to mainstream media is a Forbes journalist who wrote a hit piece on me calling basic human biology transphobic. There are many detransitioners speaking out and they are ignored by the institutions most responsible for the search of truth. Up until today, most politicians on the left and right have done nothing but get into Twitter fights on this issue. There is no second chance at childhood so we must do our best as adults to guide our children to pathways that lead to healthy bodies and minds instead of depression and disfiguring no child deserves to suffer under the knife of a gender-affirming surgeon america's children all children deserve better
1: she's a hundred percent right anyway don't go anywhere there's more to come straight ahead because i want to break this down a little bit I want to talk about that and how they're still after your kids. If you don't believe it now, you're going to believe it when I read you a couple of headlines from these stories that I've got. Plus, we're going to talk about uh, the um, debacle at the border a little bit and how Democrats are literally killing us, right? There's a teenager that was killed because somebody said they thought he was some sort of radical Republican. This comes right after Biden's crazy speech that we talked about a week or two ago. So don't move a muscle. Rich Valdez, this is America.
2: Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. The 45th President Donald Trump thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh,
3: very good. Call yeah. oh, it's an honor. Thanks, Rich.
2: The honor is all yours. Conservative talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez.
1: All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S on all of the social media. And the Democrats are killing us with their policies and in action, indeed, as well. But first, I want to talk about the hypocrisy. So by now, you've heard a million times about how uh, Governor Ron DeSantis flew 48 uh, Venezuelan uh, migrants to Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts, the private island. It's like the Hamptons of uh, Massachusetts over there. And it was the all the talk of the town. They said he was a human trafficker. They said that he was uh, kidnapping and whatnot. And again, if he was telling people, hey, get over here. We're taking you. We're going to deposit you in a sanctuary city or sanctuary state against their will. Then, of course, he would be a kidnapper. But that was not the case. These people went voluntarily. He got them hotel rooms. He gave them care packages and and made a very effective point. So effective that those that are uh, leftist sympathizers, those that have been told by Joe El Baboso Biden that they are not black if they didn't know if they were voting for him or for Trump, even those people like Charlemagne, the guy, now I know he goes by the God, but I don't want to call him a God, But um, I, and I listen to his show occasionally. I'm in New York, and uh, it's, it's an interesting uh, analysis, and the hip-hop music is always one of my faves. I'm a 90s kid, and uh, I love hip-hop, but... I want you to hear what Charlemagne the God had to say about Democrats on illegal immigration. Listen to this. For months,
3: Republican governors have sent busloads of illegal immigrants to sanctuary cities like New York, DC, and Chicago with the message of, if you like them so much, they're yours, okay? Well, just in time for Hispanic Heritage Month, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis upped the game by sending two plane folds of immigrants to the East Coast elite's favorite vacation island, Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts. I personally think it's genius. (laughs) But I wish that governors like Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott would give Democratic governors and mayors more of a heads up, because then that would expose the hypocrisy of the Democrats, which is they don't want immigrants here either.
1: So there you have it. Charlemagne's 100% spot on here, and not because he's blasting the Democrats, because he's calling it like he sees it, which he tends to do pretty often. Occasionally, I disagree with him because he sees things differently than me, and that's fine. I believe in having a difference of opinion. I really do. But on this one, he's got it right. They are hypocrites. They should be going out and getting these people, right? Everybody in California, in Boston, New Jersey, every one of these sanctuary cities and states, they should send the bus loads. They should be paying for the planes and saying, listen, we are going to, New York City, right? Where is Eric Adams? Where is Mayor Kenny in Philly? Where are the people saying, listen, we're going to go down to the border and alleviate the problem there. We don't want all those people in a red state like Texas. We got to bring them to our sanctuary state. They should be the ones footing the bill and doing what they've got to do. But they're not. Instead, it's the Democrats and their silly policies that are showing you how easily they can clean up a neighborhood when they get the National Guard involved and they get these people out faster than they got in. They've proved that it can be done. And Charlemagne's right. This is DeSantis using Saul Alinsky tactics, making them live up to their own book of rules. We love immigrants so much. Then you should have them. Like he said, and it's brilliant. Now, Democrat policies don't stop at the silliness and stupidity at the border, where they're using people as pawns and allowing the largest unmitigated human trafficking fiasco ever to occur under the watch of Joe El Mavoso Biden and Kamala Harris. But that huge underground railroad of human smuggling continues and the violence is getting ratcheted up yet another notch. So in this past week, both a teenager and a journalist were both killed because they were conservative Republicans, or so it was believed. Headline from Fox News. Las Vegas Democrat accused of murdering journalists is now facing removal from the job. Robert Tellis, 45 years old, is accused of viciously stabbing journalist Jeff German, who's 69 years old, Earlier this month in Las Vegas, local prosecutors filed a lawsuit on Tuesday in civil court to have Robert Tellis booted from his role as Clark County Public Administrator. Now, he handles the assets of people who die without wills. In New York, they call that probate or surrogates court, rather. Anyway, Tellis, uh, he was arrested on September 7th for the alleged murder of the Las Vegas Review-Journal reporter Jeff German. And he's been held without bail. That's interesting because the other guy who killed the kid, uh, he's he's out on bail. But we'll continue this story here because I think it's interesting. Here's a quote: Defendant Tellus has neglected to perform the official duties of the Clark County Public Administrator, according to the motion requesting that he be, he be deprived and removed from his public office. Tellus, who's 45 years old, was elected on January 1st, 2019 then lost the Democrat primary in June after German wrote stories accusing Tellus of having an affair with a married underling and running a toxic work environment. German, 69, was working on follow-up reports when he was killed. And this guy looks like a killer. Got the same haircut as me and a face for a radio, for sure. Anyway, Tellus, 45, and German, 69, who was killed. Now, Tellis has shut off his cell phone and then attacked German in his home before allegedly fleeing wearing an orange shirt and a wide-brimmed straw hat, according to police. At prior court appearances, a judge described the killing as chilling and said German was fighting for his life in his final moments. If a judge does not strip Tellus of his position, he's entitled to continue raking in his $120,000 a year salary plus another $50,000 in benefits until his term expires at the end of this year. Look at that. Sounds like a Democrat to me. The politician turned criminal defendant was assigned a court-appointed attorney on Tuesday at his arraignment and blah, 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 assault with a deadly weapon, 60 years older. He hasn't entered a plea just yet. Police allegedly uh, found blood-stained shoes and the straw hat, that had been cut into pieces at Mr. Tellus' home. He's due back in court on October 26th. Now, that's not the only story. You may have heard about this teenager that was killed, and again, absolutely horrible. This kid was hunted down, and the guy called himself a cop, right? He turned himself in and said, hey, look, I did this bad thing because this guy's a radical Republican, and uh, I ran him over because he was going to get me. And you look at the kid. He looks like an altar boy. His name was Kaylor Ellingson, and he was 18 years old, God rest his soul, when he was run down by a drunken 41-year-old driver who later told police he killed the teenager because he was a Republican. Not he the driver, he the teenager. Now, it's a crime eerily similar to the murder of Heather Heyer, the young woman who was murdered by a neo-Nazi during the unrest in Charlottesville, Virginia in 2017 when he plowed his car into a left-wing march. The difference... The media will never blame Joe Biden the way they tried to blame Donald Trump. That's true. Last week, Biden commemorated Hayer's death at a unity summit at the White House in which uh, left-wing support groups came together to oppose what they call, quote-unquote, MAGA Republicans, which Biden called a threat to America. And his primetime address right in Philly, which you can't uh, forget, uh, just uh, three weeks ago now, or going on three weeks ago. Where, you know, he basically said that we're the biggest threat to uh, democracy. So that's Biden saying that we are the bad guys, right? MAGA Republicans, semi-fascists. But this guy decides to go ahead and uh, mow down this teenager with his car and then call the cops himself and say, hey, look, I did it because this kid's a conservative. And I, I thought he was going to get me because he's, uh, he's a whack job. Goodness. What's it coming to? The Democrats are killing us. Literally. Don't go anywhere. I'm coming right back with the wrap up.
3: This is America. This is America. Para ingles o primal número dos. Para Rich Valdez. Y esto es
2: America.
1: Ahora. All right, America, welcome back. Big shout-out to Philly. Big shout-out to all my Boricuas down on Benjamin Franklin and 16th. whip Anyway, as we celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month, I do that every day, all day. Rich Valdez with an S here, liberty-loving Latino amigo. I want to kind of encapsulate some of what we've got going on here. And by way of uh, just really talking about how the Democrats' policies are not only killing us, literally, both figuratively uh, as well with their policies that are strangling the economy, killing the safety that we once had at the border, or at least the control that we had there. And in so many more ways, food costs are up. Biden's absolutely asleep at the wheel when it comes to inflation and so many other things. And boys are under attack. Girls are under attack. Gender is has become more and more fluid each and every day. And if you think that it's somehow a binary situation that boys are boys and girls are girls, somehow you're the biggest bigot that's ever existed and shame on you. And these are things that are being promoted and pushed upon us and we're pushing back. Think of it like bench pressing, right? You know, the, the weight is upon us and we're trying to push it off of us. And instead we have to adopt the philosophy, the Alinsky approach that Ron DeSantis has taken is make them live up to their own book of rules Go after them. It's us that have to do what we need to do to make them understand, to turn the situation on its head. And the only way we do that is by taking action. We can't just sit here and do nothing. We have to do something. Because if we stand for nothing, we'll fall for anything. I say that all the time. And that's from Hamilton. And I also share with you from Sir Edmund Burke, the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing. So now is the time for good people like you to do something because America needs you more now than she's ever needed you before. People are automatically becoming bigots and racists because they reject a certain idea. And that can't be the answer. We can't turn to racism to fix a problem. Racism is a problem. The answer is liberty. The answer is to turn towards God, to all things good and holy. Protect your family. Protect what's right. And we can't lose that. And I know if anybody listening, anybody in Cali and Florida and Philly and New York and Texas and so many other areas where you guys listen to this show, I know that you understand what I'm talking about. And I know that you realize that America's future is on you and the effort that you're going to put forward, not just through your vote and through your activism, but by every action that you take to make America a better place. Because like I said, America needs you more now than she's ever needed you before. Hasta la proxima. Until the next time, America. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America.